Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And my podcast today for Talking Wealth is really about, uh, well, the title is 10 Ways to Profit from Shares. Now, I'm going to do this in two parts because there's 10 ways to profit from shares. Otherwise, the podcast will get far too long. So I'm going to do the first couple today and I'll, in this podcast and then the rest of them in the second podcast. But the two most pressing questions I ever get um, on investors' minds and even people that call themselves traders are firstly, where is the market hitting over the next 12 months? And secondly, what share should I buy? Um, and to me, be, being those is, is for me to answer those questions is is generally not really sort of fair because to me, they, they become, they, they come from, an, uh, how do I not say this and be rude, is is me answering those questions is not really doing the person a, a great service because in the end of the day, um, what I think the market's going to do in the next 12 months may or may not be correct. You know, I'm just a person and it's my best guess right now. Yes, I'm a very educated person on the share market. Yes, my guesses are likely to be a lot more accurate than most people's about where the market is going to go and how it's going to unfold. So all that um, in due course. But to me, as I used to say on Sky Channel all the time, in my five years on Sky Channel with people, asking about x y or z stock and what is it going to do to me is what i think today i may change next week or in three or four weeks time so people making an investment decision on what i think the market should do is not necessarily a wise choice for the person not while i and it's not because i don't think that i um don't believe where the market's going to go or what i'm saying on the market it's because it's about how you do or what your process is and um, anybody that's seen me live will know I quite often will say to people um, there are only two things that I can control in the share market one is when I get in and the other one is when I get out now if that's the if that's the things that I can control then I need to know what I'm doing so why am I getting in why am I getting out and what's my process and that's really what I'm trying to get to and it's the same with the share I might give you my views on BHP or Rio or you know, Commonwealth Bank today, but tomorrow's announcement might happen or something might happen or next week something happens and then I adjust or change my view based on that. So somebody might be buying a share that I might suggest is strong or good today, but if they've got no process about how they're going to manage their trade, it's not going to help them because, you know, often people will, you know, go out, they'll read some in the newspaper and buy a share and they'll see it go up and it might go up for one or two months, but the person writing that saying it's a good share um, is only thinking one or two months and then in month three the share falls away and then the person loses money and they go, well, that person wasn't right. But it was just the process that the person took in terms of is unless you're keeping everything in context, you may be doing things wrong. And that's really why I don't really like answering those questions. I'd rather teach people to fish than give them a fish, if that makes sense. Um, uh, simply because you're much safer doing it yourself or understanding it yourself. And at the end of the day, I often said to a lot of in, um, investors and, and or traders, I'd say, would you give you all your money to somebody who has, who's has as much knowledge and experience about the share market as you to manage your money? 
And invariably, the answer I get back in nearly every case is no. And yet, my answer to that one then is then, well, then why are you trusting yourself with your money if you wouldn't give it to somebody else with your knowledge and experience? And that sort of question really hits home to a lot of people about where they're at and where their thinking is at and what they're doing. And one of the, the um, I suppose, the premises I use to people or for, with people is to say, well, would you invest or trade your mother's money and or you should treat your own trading as if it wasn't yours is that's the point i'm trying to get is often i say to people invest your money if it's not yours if it's somebody else's and you've got to deal with that because that makes you have a second guess at things and really think about what you're actually doing so the answer to the first question is where the where the share market is going over the next 12 months well i cover that in my weekly upfront investor podcasts and uh, in our other reports like our users and those sorts of things so if you visit those um, you, and you really want to my, my, know my thoughts on the market, you can go there. Now, if you're not sure what the Upfront Investor podcasts are, just title, just Google Upfront Investor podcast. They're in iTunes, etc., etc. I've been doing them for the best part of eight, nine, ten years or something like that. I had a little bit of a break there for about a year or 18 months. But I've been doing them for a long time. Um, so just go into those. You'll always find out what our views on the marketplace is. Uh, but today I really want to discuss with you how you can make the most out of possible opportunities that may come your way as our market moves higher. Now, that suggests I'm thinking our market will move higher. And I, and I do at the moment. I do think our market will actually move higher. Now, I'm going to do this by sharing with you some important, really, some really important do's and don'ts when investing in the share market. And most of these I cover in much more detail in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. And without wanting to be sounding like an advertising, uh, if you haven't read my book, in the words of Molly Melvin, Meldrum, do yourself a favour and go and buy the thing. Um, it's 30 bucks online um, and on, on our website and we'll send it to you or you can you know, Google it and buy it off Amazon or whatever you like. Uh, and get it, but it really does cover things in a lot more detail. And I and the reason why I'm saying that, uh, why I'm confident in that is in this will share with you some really good stuff is because I constantly get emails from people or I, or somebody stops me in the street and they go, wow, you know, I've read your book and for the first time I actually understand how the market works and what I can do and it's given me a lot more confidence and knowledge and, you know, and I get people who say, oh, look, I've never really been invested in investing because I didn't think I could understand it or um, it was all too complex for me, but your book's just made it simple. It, it's made it really resonate uh, at my level. And, and, and sometimes I'll get um, ladies come up to me and say, oh, you know, my husband bought your book and I was sitting there and, and I've never ever, ever read anything like this before and I just picked up your book and I just started reading it and I couldn't put it down and it's finally I actually understand stuff. Um, and it just, it, the list goes on of those sorts of things. So if you haven't read it, Go and buy it. Uh, it's only thirty dollars. What do you got to lose? And you might learn something really, really valuable. But I'm going to cover the ten things. As I said, part part one at the moment. I'm going to cover the first two, and then the other seven I'll cover in my second podcast. So, first one is dollar cost averaging, or, or what they call um, averaging down losses, is another way they talk about it. So don't really. The simple point is, do not dollar cost average, and that's my opinion. According to professionals, dollar cost averaging can reduce the risk of investing in volatile markets and help avoid the so-called pitfalls associated with timing your entry into and out of the share market. Now, in my opinion, this strategy is really flawed. Um, actually, I think that whole this thing, the, the whole argument on dollar cost averaging is a whole lot of BS. Um, being, you know, in my opinion, being flawed is probably taking it a you know 
a little bit light on because investors actually subject them, subject themselves to higher levels of risk when investing assets that are falling in value, which is certainly the case during the, CF, the GFC a few years back. So the dollar cost average something that's falling away, it just doesn't make sense to me. So to me, you know, never buy more of a share you're losing money on as you should never increase your risk in the share market, only decrease it. So if you're buying more of something you already own because it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper at a dollar cost average, it's, it, to me that's a buy way to hell um, to sort of make a pun on an ACDC song. It really is. It's not smart investing. It's not smart trading. Um, to me, I can accept buying more shares of one that you're making money in as it's rising in a bull market and buying a little bit more to gain a bit more exposure to it because subsequent buys are being bought on a position that's already in profit. So if you buy a second lot of shares in a company they've already made money out of, there's profit in that first one. So if it does start to turn around and start to fall away, you can sell and sell. And whilst you may lose some money on the second position, you still made money on the first, which should make up for any losses on the second position, if that makes sense. So basically what I'm saying is you better get your capital out um, and not lose your capital. And that's really what I'm saying is dollar cost averaging. So to me, buying more something that you're losing money on, it just really just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and dollar cost averaging is, it, it's just something from the industry just to help them. It, it's something that they've come up with. I don't know why they've come up with it, but it doesn't work. Um, and so don't do it pretty much. Uh, number two, or the, the second of my 10 ways to profit from shares is don't buy cheap small caps. Now, many investors tend to buy a share ch- simply because they perceive it as cheap. Now, to some, cheap implies getting a bargain, which may be the case down at your local supermarket, but this mindset is not the best strategy to adopt in the share market. Because when presented with people who, who talk about buying cheap, I always ask the question, um, is the share cheap? When they say the share is cheap, I say cheap according to what? Invariably, I get multitude of answers with, or multitudes of answers, if I can say that right correctly, with the majority very, very wrong. Now, the price of a share at any one time can be cheap or expensive, and it has absolutely nothing to do with how much you pay for the share. Now, for example, we could be driving around the street. You and me could be driving around the street. We could be looking at a house, and and I go, how much is that worth? And somebody, and the person, a real estate person might say, oh, that's worth 500,000. Now, my perception of that could be that it's expensive or cheap, depending on what my thinking is. Um, And it could be other, other commodities that we might have. We might have two TV sets, you know maybe the same brand of TV sets and all the same TV set in two different shops and one shop's more expensive than the other and you go, oh, that one's cheap now because on the other shop it's worth $2,000 this one's only it's on sale at $1,500 that's cheap, I'll buy that because you've got the same product it can all, you can actually get a variation or a valuation on what's cheap and what's expensive or if like say a carton of milk if you normally pay $3 for a carton of milk and, and all of a sudden, it's it's on for sale at $2.50. Well, that's cheap because it's the same product. It's just being sold at a cheaper price. You cannot transpose that type of thinking onto shares in the share market. It is impossible because you could have a $0.10 cent share, which a lot of people say, oh, that's cheap. That's why I'm buying it. Or a share that's a dollar, that's cheap. I'll buy that. BHP is too expensive for me. Cochlear West Farmers is too expensive for me. I hear that so often. And that's why I say to them, cheaping compared to what? 
to me a 10 cent share that's worth only 5 cents or the underlying asset behind it is only worth 5 cents per share, a 10 cent share is then very, very expensive because the asset backing it is only worth 5 cents. It's in, in Inversely, if you could have a $100 share that the assets backing that or the share value of that share is worth $200 is invariably really, really cheap. It's a cheap share. It's not about how many shares you own at any one time. It's about the quality of the share. So it's about quality, not quantity, because that's where you get the generally the greatest gain. Something that's cheap in terms of what it's worth. For example, if I said to you, here's this house. Last year it was worth a million dollars. Today you can buy it for $300,000. That's cheap. Because what you know, that if market goes up and down, obviously the market's down. If you put $300,000 in it, eventually you would think it would go back up to the million dollars if it's in a good marketplace. Now, it's probably a bit over-exaggerated, but you get my point, is you're trying to buy something at a lower price for it to go, go up. But if you know it, the, the value's there. So the same in, said with the stock, is you're wanting a stock that's worth more than what you're paying for it. Because if you're paying for it at a lower price than what it's worth, then the value will go up to its intrinsic value. That's what I'm talking about. So you're looking at that intrinsic value, but if the intrinsic value is below what the price of the share currently is, then it will fall to that price or generally fall to that price. So that's why I'm saying you buy quality, not quantity. So it's not how many shares you own, but the quality of the shares you do own. So I'll wrap up part one of 10 ways to profit from the shares. Um, uh, look for part two in the Talking Wealth podcast. So you've been listening to Talking Wealth. Um, I'm Doug Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck, good trading. Take care. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. 